Yo, what's up? My name is Damian Omar Lee, and you're watching Hashtag Verse TV. So like, comment, share, and subscribe. <laughs> Hashtag Verse TV, week 157. Hello, social media family, and welcome to Hashtag Verse TV, week 157. This is hashtag all the tea. I'm Aaron Mack, and I'm here with my good friend, actor, producer, writer, director, and owner of Noble Filmworks LLC, representing the multifaceted layers of our culture and telling stories through cinematic lenses, which are innovative, inspiring, and groundbreaking. Damien Omar Lee. Damien Omar Lee. Please say hi to our hashtag Verse TV family. Yeah, what's up, everybody? How you doing? And thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Well, thank you for being here. We appreciate having you. Super excited. Absolutely. And for our audience who may not yet know, where are you from? And what do you love most about your residence journey thus far? I am originally from, or I'm born and raised in Brooklyn, New York, um, and still residing in Brooklyn, New York. And um, dang, that's a that's a great question. Like, um, I think it's just more so just the just the story itself, the journey. Like, I just, you know, you 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 have your ups and downs. Um, you go through. You go through so much, but then when you look at where you are currently, when you allow yourself to be in the be in the present moment, you you understand and you gotta start to see like why everything happened. You know what I mean? Regardless the good, the bad, the ups and downs, like you 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 have a very clear understanding of why it happened. And so, you know, it's just the the just the journey in itself, the just the experience for me. Excellent. All right. And how has your origin influenced your actual work? Um, I didn't, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't grow up like, like, I mean, I think I was always creative, but, but as far as like acting specifically, it wasn't something that I necessarily like thought about doing. Um, but I also think that, you know, my my life prior to that and just in my life prior to that somewhat prepared me for um what's to come. It allowed me to be in tune because you know, just growing up, just my just my life and and my my you know, my family, my upbringing. And and not to say that it was, you know, I'm not gonna just kind of sell like I had to struggle or whatever. But you know, there were just certain situations where um they prepared me for what I'm doing now. It made me very sensitive to a lot of things. I feel like I grew up really fast. Um, I had to grow up really fast. So with that, you know, I was exposed to a lot very early. And and because of that, I was able to, you know, I've been able to to project that in my work, whether I'm acting, whether I'm, um, you know, modeling, whether I'm writing, 
you know, all of that, that everything that I've been through, I'm able to just put it into my work and, and you know, just come out with a story. Hmm. Nice. So your background has contributed in many ways through your experiences and you write about those experiences and we'll get into Absolutely. all of that. Absolutely. Um, you know, I can even give you, you know, I just tell you just a little quick story. Um, so I didn't meet my father until, till later on in life. But first time I met my dad was, was 2013, 2014, actually. Um, it was the first time and the last time I've ever seen him. The first time I met him, the last time I've ever seen him after that day, you know what I'm saying? Um, but that experience really, it, 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 it really like just having that meeting that person and then how everything turned out afterwards. Um, he would never know this. Um, but for me, it was that, that it was that kind of turning point in my, in, in myself where it opened me up, um, made me very vulnerable. You know what I'm saying? I didn't know it. I didn't know it initially, but it, it just really triggered something. It turned, you know, most people would talk about how like a situation like that would turn you, turn you off or shut you off, but it actually turned me on. Like it, it like did something to me, like, made me more open, made me more empathetic. Um, and so then as a as an artist, you know, I just was able to feel more. And and then put that, because ultimately when I after I met him, um, we were supposed to meet up again. And he changed all his information. You know what I mean? He 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 blocked me on social media, he blocked my email. And, and the crazy thing about it, I didn't even know he existed um, until that, till that, you know, that time. You know, my mother had me believing it was a whole other person. So you can imagine that mom fuck. You know what I mean? So it, it was, you know, so it was just a lot that was going on there. So, I, so that's what I mean when I say a lot of our experiences, like my experiences in any way, have really just kind of prepare that because sometimes we need outlets to be able to um to be able to put all of that somewhere you know what i mean whether it's pain anger like you know frustration you know we just need you need an outlet to be able to release and um and i think that i needed that if i wanted to be you know i think between that and having my son it was those two things that really just just opened me way up where I felt like I became a better artist after that. Absolutely. And speaking of your artistry, and I, I, I can imagine that just wow, just wow is, is all I have to say to that. But, but I, I can imagine how that can have such an impact. And it's fortunate that you've were able to take that and transfer it to your art. And speaking of your art, your professional film credits are quite extensive. <laughs> and 
I ask, when did you first realize that you have a talent and a skill for acting? And please give our hashtag VerseTV family a sip of all the tea on your journey to begin professional acting. Right. So, um, <laughs> so just like, so I started acting. Um, my first movie was Final Force. Like, and I had a a, a co-starring role um, in that movie. And and before then, I didn't have any sort of. I had no passion to act. It was not. It was the furthest thing on my mind. It's not even. It's something I didn't even want to do. And and um, I remember my manager at the time when you know because we were just I was just I was just modeling you know and so he was like oh, I think this is an audition that you can go to I think that you'll get it and I'm like no nah, I'm not interested he was like but I think you should go and I'm like no I'm not going like I'm not interested like I'm good he was like what well, what's the problem because I was like I don't want to act like we're like we're having this whole I mean blow not argument shout out to his name is Rodney Love Jones um he was my first manager and literally, we had this, like, literally, we cursed each other out in his office. So eventually, I said, you know what, fuck it. Excuse my language. But I said, I'm going to go because I just want to shut you up. And leave me alone. I didn't even think that I was going to get the part, to be honest. Um, and so when I did go to the audition, I remember there were, like, a whole bunch of people. It was like an open call type of thing. But I just remember being a whole bunch of people. And then eventually I um I read for I guess associate casting director initially. And I didn't like I said, I knew nothing about acting. Like, so I'm just see, I got these pages in my line. I gotta read this stuff. And all I could think about was Tupac Shakur. Cause I I like I, you know, I was a Tupac fan. And so I just remember his performance in Juice and that's what I thought about when I read the lines. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's how I came across. And nice. so she was like, oh, that was great. I want you to stay. And so she, and then I read for another person. And then I ended up reading for the actual casting director. And nice. so I remember, you know, he, he had me read the different lines. And it was just me. And I remember it was me and the guy who actually got the part, um, Rob Brown. He got the lead. So we were leading for the lead actor. And so um, I read it again, and they were like, all right, we want you to come back, go to the casting office to get a script. So I was like, all right, cool. You know what I mean? I'll go. <laughs> and so um, I went, went and got the script, and um, they had me come back again. I maybe or I mean we went to like five or six different auditions, and eventually once we once we played basketball, I I knew I had the part. <laughs> uh, like uh, once I was, once I got on the court, I was like, oh, I, this is I got this because you know what I mean I, I played ball, you know what I mean. So I was just like, oh, I got this, and so you know I booked it, and and that was it. And I remember like Sean Connery. You know, like the one that time, because we 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 rehearsed and they shot some of the movie in Toronto. And so that's what we did rehearsing. 
So I remember, um, so the lead actor, Rob, he had an apartment in like the top floor of this, this luxury high rise and Sean Connery was like right next door to him. And so, you know, we got to meet him. And I remember, like, I will always remember him because he had this voice that just just resonated through you. Like, when he spoke, you, like, it was your, like your grandfather. You listened. Like, you just, was like, damn. Like, like, even if you were, like, had your back turned and he talked, you have to turn your back to be like, yo, who's that? He just had that type of voice. Nice. And so I just remember him talk, talking about, he was telling us just to be ready. He was like, yo, get ready. It's going to get crazy. And he yeah. said, he said, just, he said, just be, he, he talked about the women. That's what he talked about. Like, he was like, you okay. know, the women, it's going to get crazy. Just watch and see. And he, he wasn't lying. <laughs> like, it, it was crazy. It, it, it was crazy. Um, but yeah, he was a, he was a good dude. Like, I just, you know, I didn't, like, I was, I had a good experience like meeting him. And yeah. so, and so, yeah, with all my film credits, it, it just, that, that's where it started. And then, you know, after that, um, after that, after that, interestingly enough, I, um, I had an opportunity to audition for the Antoine Fisher story. Okay. It's because of Finding Forrester. Yes. And so, um, and and this is and this is probably probably one of the most memorable moments in my like in my career. You know what I'm saying? Um so and and not a lot of people believe the story, but if you ever spoke to my manager, he can vouch for the story. Like he would tell you it's the truth. So <laughs> we um I had just finished shooting. I had rapped with Final Forrester and I had to, they wanted an audition tape for the Antoine Fisher story. So I was like, all right. So I sent in the tape and, and I remember it was like sometime in August, like the beginning of August, I get a phone call. And so this phone call, the person's like, hey, Damien, how you doing? This is Mr. Washington. And I'm like, who? And it's like, yeah, it's Denzel Washington. Hey, how you doing? I'm like, yo, who playing on my phone? Like, stop playing. I hung up. Wow. I'm telling you, this is a true story, right? So my manager and my agent, they called me back, and they had him on three-way. And so he was like, that they would know my manager, um, Rodney, he was like, Damien, don't hang up the phone. Stop. Like, and I'm like, yo, what happened? Like, what's going on? He was like, yo, it's really Denzel Washington. And he's laughing. And I'm like, oh, shit. Like, I'm like, yo. And so he basically wanted to say they love my audition tape and they wanted me to come out, you know what I'm saying, to meet with him in person. And um, they were flying me out like that week, next week. And so I went out to California and I read in front of Denzel Washington. And and he's like the coolest. He's another person, just real down to earth, real chill. We were talking about Brooklyn. He was telling me about. He told me some story about how he used to date some chick in Bed Stuy, and how you know, like, <laughs> like you know, what I'm saying back in the back in those days, you needed a pass. 
you know what I mean, to walk in certain neighborhoods. So so the girl had to come and pick him up from the train station. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I had to walk him back to, oh, to her house. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like that type of thing. And um, and then you know, we talked about some other stuff, and then you know, I read read my lines, but he was the first person that really let me know where I was at that point. And he used the terminology green. So I didn't know what that meant. You know what I mean? Like, I, you know, I'm like 20 years old. Like, I had never asked. So there were certain things that I didn't understand, which is why I knew I understood. at the, I didn't understand then, but I understand now why I didn't get the part. You know what I'm saying? Because he knew that I wasn't ready for that, that, that level yet. Um, okay. You know what I'm saying? So it was, you know what I mean? Though, and it, sometimes it's the, the parts that you, that you don't get, sometimes it just be the most memorable experience because you, you know what I'm saying? You get to sit across a master. And I hadn't even been in the business three months. So it's like those types of things that let me know that I had, I had talent or I had potential, but I didn't really understand what I was doing until real later, later on. Well, I knew like, oh, I, I can do this. I'm nice at this. Good, nice. And speaking of nice at things, I will use that to segue into this because right. you also do a lot of behind the scenes work in the industry, writing, right. producing, directing, etc. Right. And was the move to add these to your professional credits a natural progression or did you always kind of have your hands in all of these things even in your greenness as right. you mentioned to an extent um i think that i was always uh i've always been resourceful i've always been like kind of like a like a motivator initiator like so like back back then, you know what I'm saying, when I was green, how I looked at it is like I wanted to get together my friends and my people. Like, yo, let's do this. We can we can make this happen. Even though we didn't know what we were doing or I was doing, I was like, yo, look, we could do this. We can make this happen. Boom, 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 boom. But, you know, a lot of times your passion is not your friend's passion. So, again, I had to, I had to learn this, you know, and it took a long time for it to click. And, you know, so then the transition from from being born behind the scenes, it was somewhat, it was some, it was somewhat kind of a, a smooth transition, but at the same time, like other things needed to happen. So it had to be situations where you get told no, 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 a lot of times. You know what I'm saying? Where then it's like, yo, fuck them. Like, I'm going to create my own movie. I don't need you. You know what I'm saying? Your, st I don't, your story is garbage anyway. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I can write a better story. That that was my, my mentality. So that's, you know, how that was that, that kind of like even now, like we talk about me and my business partners, we talk about like, why would we need, we don't need the middleman. We don't need to wait around for anybody to give us anything. You know, we we made a movie. We make we make movies. We create things. We know enough to make this thing happen for ourselves. So, if somebody tells us no, it's like yeah, you're lost. And yo, watch what watch what we do over here. So that's the that's the mentality. And so 
a lot of a lot of rejection, a lot of no's have to happen before you you be like, yo, you know, like how am I gonna how am, like a lot of times it's like yo, I look at the people telling you no. You're better than you're better at what you do than they're better at what they do. So there's like what makes them you know it's like what makes them say think that it's like yo they reject you or whatever. So then I'm gonna go do this over here. And then once we over here, then it's like those same people are like, oh, hey, hey. you know, so now it's, you know, it becomes a different conversation. Uh-huh. Wow. Wow. That's uh, amazing. Uh, absolutely. And it, it, it's interesting how you speak of them coming over after they see that you have this amazing stuff inside of you. Right. Even though they told you no initially. Right, absolutely. That is powerful. And I will use that to segue into this because as it relates to your behind-the-scenes work, you and Noble Filmworks, your, if you could, you're the owner of Noble Filmworks, and, right. and I would take it that that came from times of people saying no right. you saying yes to right. yourself because you have to believe in yourself you're absolutely right I, I, and absolutely. yes as the owner of noble filmworks how did noble filmworks llc begin yeah. and what is the origin of the name all right so so i told you that i have like just kind of spread out story of college right Mm -hmm. So I went back to school actually a few years ago and got my degree. Um, and I'm, I'm currently working on my own bachelor's in public administration. But while I was um, working on my associates, I took a business class. And um, my business teacher, um, Nishon Woods, doctor, she's about to become Dr. Nishon Woods, um, I'll never forget her, our first class and what she said to us. And she says, I'm not here to teach you how to work for anybody. She said, I'm here to teach you how to work for yourself. If you want, if you decide to do that, she's like, I will give you all the tools where you'll be able to start your own business and you'll be able to work and make money for your own, on your own. If you open to, I'll never forget that. And, and it took me literally two weeks to purchase my LLC after starting that class. And, um, and while I was in class, I was able, I learned all the tools of understanding business, how to put together a business plan, how to, how understanding all the terminologies that I needed to know in running a business. It was all because of my professor who, who kind of sparked the brain you know, like she let it be known, like it's not hard to buy LLC. You know what I'm saying? And then understanding all of the nuances and the and, and the details of doing it once you have it, of what to do with it once you have it. So I was able to take my LLC, and then with with that, I was able to shoot my first movie, Thruple. The name came from my son's name is Noble. And so it's really because, and then also my son is my motivation. He's, he's my reason. You know what I mean? 
And so because of him, you know what I mean? Like I, it was my way of paying homage to him because of everything that he's done for me. So that's that's kind of how Noble Filmworks came about. That's how Noble Filmworks Nice. So you were able to get the LLC before you even had the name? Um, no, I, I knew what the name was. Like, mm-hmm. I like, I, like, I knew what I was. I had like, she, she had it all. Like, she just gave us all the thing. She, I, and so it was like in class. She was like, "What would you like?" Because we had the part of our um final is that we had to have a business pl- a pr- um, presentation. So this business presentation starts when at the first day of class, literally. So we had to come up, we will be doing our presentation throughout the whole semester. So we will have to submit certain parts, which is one of them is a name. So my, I decided to come up with the name um, Noble Filmworks or Noble and then Brown. Nice. Very cool. Very cool. And, and you know, I, I won't take too long to say this. No, no, no. It's interesting what you said. She said as far as teaching you how to run your own business because they say that's the difference between those who make a lot and those who make middle. Right. Okay. Right. And then and, and, and get don't and even like now I work, you know what I'm saying? I have a nine to five, right? Mm-hmm. But the mentality is different. I'm not looking at it like this is my job. I'm looking at this is another source of income. Right. That's right. the difference. I'm not looking. This I mean, is this this is a source of income that is helping me fund what it is that I really wanted. My business. You know what I'm saying? So that's how I look at it. I'm not looking like I'm going to work. I'm like, I'm yo, this I'm investing my time and they're giving me money and then I'm putting it into my business. Before, like, you know, before you, before that, you know, you wasn't, we're not, I'm not never necessarily thinking like that. You know, I'm thinking I got to go to this job. Like, you know what I mean? But not looking at it, these are, it's just another source of income. They talk about having multiple sources of income. So why not that being another source of income? I know that. paying you for your time. I'm sorry. What about for your time? Uh, they're paying you for your time. Oh, right, right, right. And that will be a stream of income. Absolutely. Right. Yes. Oh, right. Now, speaking of Noble Filmworks LLC, your latest production right. with the company is Thruple. Right, and right. Thruple follows a polyamorous relationship that consists of two male millennials and one female millennial. Right now, society usually seems to more be more inclined to present polyamorous relationships as one man with multiple women. You know, all the got all the women. And <laughs> why did you decide to present this other truth of polyamory? Um. So I've learned a lot about. Um, so the 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 terminology is actually, and I had to learn this. So. The poly, the, the it's not necessarily poly, but they look like all of those words are under the umbrella of non non monogamy, right? 
So mm. I had to learn about non-monogamy um, doing this movie. And so I chose, I chose one male, I chose two males and one female because I feel like with men, you see a lot of movies where like, I feel like you don't necessarily, people don't write addressing the insecurities of men. Mm. And, and so with Thruple, this shows the other side. Cause a lot of times it's just like men, this whole bravado, like, Oh, I get the girl and, and, and the reality that's not always life. And so I wanted to show that other side, that, that side of men that, you know, you don't necessarily, people don't want to talk about like, you know, when, when, when men deal with women specifically, especially exes, Men have this this kind of mentality where this is always my pussy. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So regardless of whatever, it could be his baby moms, it could be whatever. He's always got, like, a lot of men, they may not talk about it, but they have this mentality, I can always hit that when I want to. Mm. You know what I'm saying? But so, so imagine you have these two men who are, I guess allegedly supposed to be heterosexual on some levels, fighting for this one chick in the house, and this other one guy's feeling insecure for whatever reasons. We don't necessarily see that on television. At least from my experience. Yeah. And so to me, one part it was like doing that. I wanted to show that aspect of it. Then also I wanted to, you know, just I felt like, you know, when I talked to a lot of women about the movie, you know, they, they're they just like, yo, they felt empowered by it. Like, well, how can I get two dudes? You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, what, what am I doing wrong? <laughs> like, that's the question a lot of women ask. And, and so I love the fact that we 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 kind of sp- sparked those conversations um, where, you know, people, you know, spe- specifically women, could be able to own their sexuality. You know, it's like she's not feeling like just because she likes to have sex with multiple people, different people, that she's gotta be slandered or called a name for. She can she can have as many notches on her belt as a man can if she chooses to. And why does she have to be judged for it? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that, you know, I, that those are just certain things that questions that we had to kind of explore when we were writing the movie. Um, we did a lot of research. We went to um, we went to poly meetings. Um, they okay. held in New York City, um, which was another like kind of mind blowing experience um, that you get to see like so many people that are involved in in this type of lifestyle that you know you don't you you starting to see it a lot more now because it's becoming um it's coming becoming a hot topic so to speak but when we was watching this movie it was nothing even the term thruple even the word thruple even to this day people ask what what is that what does that mean you know what i mean so it's still it's still somewhat taboo hmm. but there are people out there who do 
like you didn't just make up that word. That's actually oh, yeah, no, I didn't make the word up, but it's not a common word. It's, yeah. Like, even when I first heard it, um, my really good friend, she said it. She she had brought it up, and when she said it, I was like, what is what is that? Like the word just hit me. Like I knew like when she said it, that's what I'm gonna name the movie. Like nice. struggle, because it's not something, it's not a word that you hear every day. Even when we right. were in California and we were talking to other filmmakers, and so they were like, What's the name of your movie? We've said, Well, it's called Thruple. They was like, Thruple, what does that mean? And we're like, yo, a three-way relationship. They were like, oh, oh wow. Like, I didn't know that. You know what I'm saying? So when you hear that, it's just like, okay, good. It's good you didn't hear it. Cause it isn't, it isn't a word that's common. Nice. And I'll also say as far as everything that you were saying, as far as the non-monogamy community. Yes, non-monogamy, yes. You all do actually go into all of that on the movie. Like I was, and, and one thing that I personally, and this, I, I, I'll ask the next question in a moment, but I, I wanted to say, I thought it was so cute how in the beginning of the movie, there was that part that you all used to establish that it was, it wasn't just two men with a woman, which is a thing. It wasn't just that, but um, the one guy said something really sweet to the other guy and, and like, hey, baby, or something. And I'm like, oh, that's so sweet. They're establishing that there is a connection between everybody. everybody. But everything is very subtle. Like, you know what I mean? We didn't want to, like, because I think another thing when you deal with, um, when you deal with certain topics, especially with with LGBTQ um, topics, and just one, I, I mean, there are a lot of different movies, but I did feel like one, especially with mainstream, they like to make everything so stereotypical. As opposed to just having two men who are, you, I mean, quote unquote, are men, you know what I'm saying, that don't try to act or try to put on any sort of, um, try to act like a woman, usually how you see in pop culture and, and mainstream media. That's how they portray like men, gay men. But that's not the reality. You know what I'm saying? And so yeah. that was something that we we talked about. Um, and we also wanted to make it very, you know, like, you know, like, are they gay? Are they sleeping together? Like, what's going on with this relationship? You know what I mean? We wanted to create that kind of thing and then at the end, you know, even that, you had to be like, hold up, what did he just say? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> hold up, wait, 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 did I miss something? So, but yeah. we wanted to make it very subtle, like not where we are just like message, but you know what I mean? You had to really pay attention to see like, oh, nah, this is going down, like it's about to be on. But but at the same time, just try, just try to make it as realistic as people as, as for people as we possibly could. I love it. I, I, I love it. And, and it's funny you, you bring up the last part of the movie right. because I'll use that to segue into this. Right. So 
this phenomenal piece of creative work close with an enthralling cliffhanger. Right. Now, might there be a sequel? Um, we're 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 working on it. Um, and it's not so much a sequel than it is we're looking to do a feature version. So we want to get more in detail with okay. the movie, the relationship, the backstory. Um, because it was a short film, so um, it's not so much you can expect. Like in that, there was only so much we can right in that short. But we want to we working on a feature film. Um, the feature version on it. I'm I'm writing it. Um, I'm still still writing. You know what I mean? Like I still have the ideas, but just making it where you know all of the 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 story the story really makes sense and it flows. Um, because because the topic is so. I want to be as I want to be as um honest as I possibly can and true to the community because the, I, I owe it to them because a lot of, you know, we've gotten a lot of support from the non-monogamy community because of this short film. You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of people have said like, yo, we don't you don't see people representing us. Um, They're not represented, you know, it's always some it's always like some threesome on menage a trois, but not the actual relationship. Like the actual, you know what I mean? So, so, so we owe it to them to be able to um, tell a, a real story. Wow, you're you're humanizing. Them. Right. It's not just a sexual. Right. Thing. Exactly. Absolutely. Not at all. As a homosexual man myself, I totally understand how people can just sexualize a community without seeing that there is more to it right. than that right. behind mm -hmm. the scenes. Well, well, not behind the scenes, but but how there is more to it than that. Anyway, I right. will say uh, um, thank you for that. I am not in the non-monogamy community, but right. I appreciate your taking the time to do that because I understand the value in that. So thank right. you. No, no problem. Now, do you have any tea information right. on anything else going on that you can share with our hashtag VerseTV family today? Yes, yes. So right now we are in like pre-production of our next project, which we call um, we call Real Edible. Um, and this is a, a kind of like an anthology of, of, of short shorts, which is why we call them um, real edibles, like R-E-L-L. And the edibles is just like we giving them a, a, a hit, a real high, quick high on, on, on our work. Um, and, you know, we're, we're putting together the first season. Um, we're looking to launch this um, sometime in September. But we're gonna start shooting probably in June, middle of June. Um, I'm looking forward to this project. It's gonna be dope. Also, we are me and my partners. We also um, we also also starting our own podcast, which we plan to call Gorilla Talk. So the Gorilla representing the um, you know Gorilla filmmaking, underground filmmaking, and you know just a podcast about you know indie filmmaking. Um, you know, just the movie business and 
in general from our perspective, from more of a like an underground um, perspective, so to speak. So I'm looking forward to all of those projects. Nice, indie people and that were I, I I love indie artists hustle. I, I I always say that that's always the thing. Now let me ask this: as far as real edibles, right. you mentioned seasons. So, so this is going to be like a uh, a series of sorts with multiple seasons. Yeah, yeah. That's how we. That's how we looking at it. You know what I mean? We we we're working on it right now. With um, I think the first season is five five um shorts. And then the next season, we already have like content for next season, but it's all about it's all about being able to have the revenue and the, you know the finances to be able to shoot that. So depending on on what that our, our budget is, that's what you know that's how we will take care of the second season. But the first season, we've already settled on five, and um and then the first season, and then the second season. Depending on how the uh, the success of the first season is, then how we move uh, how we move into the second season. Nice. Well, mm-hmm. I, I can't wait. Right. And let me ask you this: yes. So, what's the best advice that you've ever received that you would like to share with our hashtag Verse TV family? I w- I'm going to say it's so much the advice that I share, but I would say what I've learned. And the best, and and I can just say to people, yo, follow your own heart, man. Don't li- don't don't listen to anybody. In the sense of like, yo, your 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 story, your life, your journey is your your story, your life, your journey, and it's not for anybody else to experience and live. You know, people might give you advice, people whatever, but at the end of the day, you know what works for you. You know what I'm saying? What works for you may not work for everybody else because the same day. The same day experience, the same day journey, um, and I had to learn that. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying I got a bad advice, but sometimes, like some people's advice, even though they may have had the best intentions in mind, it just didn't work for me. And and I had to follow my heart. I had to trust. My, I had to trust my intuition. You know what I'm saying? I had to. I had to to believe in myself. Regardless if I was even making the wrong decision, I had to believe in myself like, all right, it's going to be all right. I can bounce back on to the next. Um, but that that would be my best advice. You know what I mean? Trust yourself. Trust your, trust your journey. Trust your experience. Trust your process. Not anybody else. Right. Hallelujah. It is all, all I can say to that. And I know about that firsthand as far as trusting your journey. It's not, everybody doesn't have the same thing. And and I connect with that for myself physically as far as my multiple sclerosis diagnosis and blah, blah, blah. But yeah, you know, it's not, you have to trust yourself and you have to move forward. Absolutely. Now, you might've answered, depending on how you wish to answer this before we get into the last segment of questions. Right, right, right. What's next for Damien Omar Lee and Noble Film Works LLC? Um, what's next? You know what? I'm going to be honest with you. 
<laughs> I mean, I have a lot of ideas, but I've learned that there's a power living in the present. And so I, I, I know what we're doing now. I don't necessarily think about the future or the past. And, and the reason why is because I'm in just my experience is that I look at, you know, the past is the past and it's happened already. You know what I mean? And the future hasn't, you know, a lot of we have a future, but even that's an illusion because these are just thoughts. I feel like, yo, just living in the present, knowing what I'm doing right now, that to me is the gift. You know what I mean? I look at the past and the future as hell. You know what I'm saying? For me, the present is what matters. So I think about what we doing. What am I doing with Noble Filmers right now? I'm working on Will Edibles. I'm writing, um, I'm writing my script. You know what I'm saying? Um, yo, we 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 focusing on whatever we have to do, and then we let the future take care of itself. Fantastic. I I I love it and I love that. Everything has its place, but just hearing you mention how you're working on your script, I was like, in a world filled with many uh, reality TV exclusive uh, mm -hmm. things, it, it's good to have some, a, a mix of some scripted content as well. Absolutely. So, and, even, and even reality TV is scripted. They want to tell you that it's not, but it is. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You don't have jump cuts and you know what I mean? They have edit, you know what I mean? There's all these different edits, like, okay, stop. You know, that's not reality. You know what I mean? A lot of that stuff is stage. It's pro it, 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 you 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 know, they put people in places, they create scenarios. That's yeah. not reality. That's not you just with a camera and just following somebody's everyday life. It, it probably like started off that way and then they were like, we don't have enough film for all this. Right. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, this is boring. We need, yeah. we need, we need drama. We need drama. You know what I mean? So you, you put to, you, you, you know, you create scenarios. Yeah. You know what I'm That's all it is. You're absolutely right. All right. So here are our five hashtag Verse TV questions right. that we ask all guests who have come on the hashtag all the tea all first time guests. And the first question is, if you had all the money slash power necessary, what would you do slash change that you feel would most benefit the LGBT plus community? Hold up. You were breaking up when you said the first line. Could you repeat that again? I'm sorry. Oh, sure. No, no problem. If you had all the money slash power necessary, right. what would you do slash change that you feel would most benefit the LGBT plus community? I think it was something that you said earlier. You know what I mean? Uh, and you, you have made mention about how you know Your culture is not all based around sex and sexuality. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, it's important to humanize people. You know what I mean? And and you know, sometimes that that like you sometimes it's 
Like you want people to be able to express themselves a certain type of way. Sexuality is a part of that. But I know that there's more to it than just that. You know what I'm saying? And I would, I, you know what I mean? And I would want to spend just this showing this is the rest of it as opposed to just like you said, just kind of pre- showing the sexual aspect of it. Yeah. Thank you. And, and that's a, a wonderful answer. Absolutely. Now, this question too starts with a quote. Right. says, ask not where I live or what I like to eat or how I comb my hair, but ask me, what am I living for in detail? Ask me what I think is keeping me from living fully for the thing I want to live for. And that's a quote by Thomas Merton. And the actual question is, what's your goal in life and what is slowing you from achieving that goal? My goal in life is to be the, my goal in life is just to be an inspiration to my son. That's it. You know what I mean? I just want to, I want to, I want my son to, if he, if he's going to look at towards anyone, um, I would want to be that person that inspires him to want to be, you know what I'm saying? Great or or whatever that he, like motivates him, you know what I'm saying? Like, be like that, my father, that would, that's what motivates me. Um, if anything is keeping me from, I don't feel like necessarily anything is keeping me from, from my goal, but I would say, um, if I had to say something, um, it would be my own inhibitions. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes, um, I think there was a quote where it talks about, um, our greatest fear is actually that we're more powerful than we we give ourselves credit for. And I feel like that sometimes when you understand that, you tend to walk on eggshells because you don't want to hurt anybody. You don't want to, you don't want to, you don't want to, um, yeah, you don't want to, I guess you don't want to, that's the word I want to, not, it's not so much hurt, but you don't want to overwhelm people. Mm. And so sometimes you, you hold back. I hold back, you know what I'm saying? Just because, you know, I don't need the spotlight. You know what I mean? I'm not, you know, I don't do it for the accolades. You know what I'm saying? I do it for the the love. Um, So a lot of times, like, I know that I could be further along in, in where I am, if I just put myself out there more, you know what I mean? As far as just like, oh, look at me, boo, 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 boo. I mean, but that's just not my personality. So a lot of times it is my own inhibitions. Nice. All, all, all right. Well, th- there you have it. Now, this question, it's right. sometimes people are like, it's the fun question. And sometimes it's like, it's whatever. But what is your hashtag deepest tea, i.e. something that you've never shared on media before, but something that you're willing to share, of course? Um, 
Oof, that's a good question. Whew. And we talk about we talk about um and I could share this, you know what I mean? It is what it is. So I um I'm currently the caretaker for my mom. Um, my mother, you know, she's dealing with dementia currently. And um it's 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 complicated because we don't have the we didn't have the best relationship. Mm-hmm. And so imagine having to care for someone or be the caretaker for someone who won. You, y'all don't have a great relationship. Y'all, y'all didn't have a great relationship, and then you have to you have to care for them. And then at the same time, that person even that person still exhibits the same behaviors they did before their diagnosis. So it makes it very complicated, and you know it's very triggering. And um, having to navigate that has been a challenge for me. You know what I mean? I've been I've been I've been in therapy for the past um four years, going on five years. And um no, I'm lying. It's 2020 no, no, five years. Five years. I've been in therapy for five years. And it could be very um even in therapy, you know, you're having these conversations and you having these conversations and you being and you're trying to be the best person you can for your parent but there's just a lot of history in it so i find myself um it's it's very complicated you know what i'm saying um yeah so that's that's my tea that that is something else and i you are very strong for doing what you do. And I'm sure that it, 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 it I, I, I'll compare it to, it, it's kind of like when sometimes there's just nothing that people can say, like they want to say the right thing, but there really is no right thing to say. But suffice it to say that what you've said has been received. Right. But, you know, the hard thing about it is that even in all of that, you know, you have to keep your boundaries from that person. You know what I mean? Because they, like I said, they, that person still exhibits certain behaviors that you can't, that, you know what I mean? You can't, you can't, like, like, you have to still have your boundaries. And so, you know, you do what you can, you take care of them, but then at the same time, you just, everything's at arm's distance. It's at arm's distance. And, and, and it's just so hard because, you know, and I, and I find myself really struggling with it because it's one of those things where, like, damn, this person is in this condition and they just have another, another opportunity where or they just have another excuse where they don't they get to not take accountability for their actions and their behaviors and it sucks 
because then I feel like now at this point, I'll probably never have the conversation that I would like to have with my mom um, because of everything that's going on. And then I have to, you know, I have to take care of this person. It's, a, it's, 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 it's crazy. And I'll add on top of all of that, you are a, a, a fellow millennial. And it's like we we have these things going on in life, and just seeing you still rise and go. Like I said, I I have nothing else to no, say. No, 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 no. It's, it's it's you can't like like I said like I like I feel like listen. I could have fell off the deep end. Trust me, but you know, I can. I attribute like a lot of where I am now today because of therapy. Like, like therapy was like it's forever changed my life. Like, I don't like like when I look at when my life was five years ago, and it really doesn't seem that long ago to me. Like that shit just kind of sped through, and I'm like, damn, like just five years already. Like I was in, I was probably at my low, lowest point at that, like five years ago. You know what I'm saying? And, and now, you know, I'm looking back and it's just everything I've accomplished and, and therapy has played a huge part in that. That's why I'm like pro therapy. I'm pro counseling, like especially for black men because we need it. You know what I mean? A lot of times it's like, oh, like, ain't nothing wrong with me. But you don't know that. And, and, just, and even if there's nothing wrong with you, still go. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, yo, you owe it to yourself. You owe it to your family. There's so much stuff that we don't even know that we're dealing with. You know what I'm saying? Because we're not allowed to, to deal with it. And that's the worst part about it. Talk about it. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. All right. Now let let me say this, uh, almost rounding it out. Right. What are some stumbling blocks that you've had on your path up, and how did you overcome? Woo! I just I feel like my name was is women. <laughs> I think that um, like you know just just with just my experiences with women, and I not that they were a stumbling block, but you know, just how I handle a lot of my relationships, it became a stumbling block um, for me. And um, I had a lot of growing to, I had a lot of growing up to do, I had a lot of maturing to do. Um, and so at this, at this point, I was able to, you know, re recognize that assume accountability for my actions um, and, and just be able to move forward. And then, you know, I think the biggest thing is just forgive yourself, you know, because you don't know what you don't know. Um, you know, another stumbling block is just discipline, lacking, lacking discipline, which then kind of leads into, you know, how, you know, how you deal with women, you know what I'm saying? Deal with relationships. Um, and you know, again, that 
that all kind of attributes to just having to grow up. You know what I mean? Like when you don't necessarily have um, positive influences in your life, you don't have nothing to grow up for. And you know what I'm saying? So a lot of this, you know, we're just figuring it out as we get along, go along. You know what I mean? We're just learning as we go. And um, so, yeah. And then even in my career, I think another thing is, is um, impatience. Okay. <laughs> um, everything happened so fast for me initially. You know what I mean? One minute I'm this, and then like you said, the next minute I'm, you know, acting with Frank's fine. I mean, with Sean Connery, and then auditioning in front of um, Denzel Washington, and then auditioning for all of these like big major projects that you know, you know, eventually throughout the years have become like classics, and you know, having an opportunity to just kind of be in that room and try try to get to experience that from a different point of view. But, you know, initially when you audition and, and then you deal with that rejection, after a while it starts to weigh on um, and And I think that had a lot to do with, you know, my inexperience because, you know, that's just part of the business. But when you don't know that, you're just like, yo, what the fuck? Like, you know what I mean? And that that's not how it started. That's not how it's supposed to be. Um, so I think that my experience has taught me, has taught me that. You know what I mean? Like, like I, I think and this I guess this goes into it. You know, I always hear people talk about um just have a plan A. You know what I mean? Like Plan B gets in the way of plan A. And I think that's the worst advice that you can ever give anybody. If you got a fucking plan B, you better hold on to that plan B. If your plan B is that that nine to five, hold on to that shit. You know what I mean? Because like all that people talk, you know, again, everybody's experience is different. So you can't go around listening to this motherfucker that's out here telling you not to take care of yourself when, you know what I'm saying? That wasn't their experience. Who knows who they had had supporting and funding their their dream? You know what I mean? That might be not be your experience. So I think it's important that yo, if you gotta keep as many plans and and contingency plans in your pocket as you possibly can, because you know what I'm saying. Until your art can start generating revenue. It's a hobby. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just real talk. I mean, you can say what it was until you start making money from it. It is a hobby. Mm. Be realistic. You know what I mean? If you got to get it, I'm not saying that you got to get a job, a career, whatever, but do something that you know that's going to sustain you. Like, that's mainly, that's part of the reason why I went back to school that's part of the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing now outside of, you know, like I have a family. I have, you know, I have, you know, a, a partner that, you know, I have to take care of. I have a son. You know what I'm saying? She's not trying to take care of me. You know what I mean? And my son can't eat promises. <laughs> you know what I mean? So 
I had, you know, that's just that's just the reality. Like those types of things I had to learn. And so now being able to overcome those things, like I said, through ther- therapy, through mat- maturation, um, you know, mm-hmm. learning, you know, is You, you talk about real edibles. That is real talk right there. And yes, you have to keep the plan B as well. Yeah. Don't give up on your don't don't give up on the dream though. Right. Absolutely. Don't, don't give up pursuing your art. But don't give up on having the plan B as right. well until you've reached the point that it is truly able to do what it needs to do for you to live. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, my friend. And last question. What are some things that you would like to be left in the legacy time capsule for your work? Um. You know, I'm not that I don't know, but when when people look back on our work, you know what I'm saying? I just want to, you know, it's just like if I can leave anything, it's just almost like the template. You know what I mean? When people are looking back and be like, yo, if they find it and then they're just like, wow, this, this is it. You know what I mean? And we and we left that in there, this kind of manifest, a manifest, excuse me. You know what I'm saying? A manifesto, nice. like of how, you know, not just living life in and um just in my career, but for me it's just like like one of the things like as I was like I shared with you as I was maturing and like there are certain things that would come to me, you know, doing meditation and and um and if one of the things and this is before i met my lady um i realized that the first thing is that i realized the love that we're all looking for it is trust you ask somebody what means more to you when somebody says it i love you or i trust you Nine out of 10 people will say, trust means more to them than love. Mm. When somebody, when you do, when you trust somebody, that that's actually more impactful than like, I mean, loving, you know what I mean? You, you love a lot of things, but to say that I trust you, that's Ooh. huge, right? Yeah. And so from that point, mm. I had to explore then what is love really? And so when I was able to, I realized with, with like what we talked about in reference to, um, in reference to being able to define your own journey, I think it's the same thing with love. What does love mean for you? Because what me love may mean for me may be totally different from what it means to you. But the beauty of it is that when we're able to share that, that's the connection. Hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, people may talk about love languages or whatever, but 
I just I see it as like like for me, I define love as my commitment to my own or another's spiritual, mental, physical, emotional, and financial wellness. So if it ain't healing, it's not love. To love is to heal. That's how I see love. It's nothing else. If I say that I love you, that means I am committed to your overall wellness in every aspect. So when I was able to define that, that's when I met my lady. It was literally like almost like, like, oh shit, that's it. And so I live by that. That is my that is my mission statement. That is that is my value, my value statement. You know what I'm saying? My commitment. My, my love is my commitment to my overall wellness. And so with that, I talk about, you know, I talk about the the five, I call them the pillars of wellness, of, of well-being, our physical wellness, our emotional wellness, our mental wellness, our financial wellness. People overlook that. You know what I'm saying? But our final dimension, our financial wellness is just as important as the other four. You know what I mean? Yeah. Broke being broke is not healthy. No. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's the reality. We want to sit there, we want to be struggling artists. That's not that's not cool. I wanted, I was trying, I, I tried to live that life, and it, it, it don't get you nowhere. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But but stomach pains. <laughs> okay. Hunger pains, excuse me. Um literally unhealthy. Right, you know what I'm saying? So, like, financial wellness is is, is a huge part of it, and, and spiritual wellness. So, when I was able to define all of those, what is those? What are those? And how I, how do I use those elements to help my life? So, I would want to be able to leave that for my son, and then anybody else who may come across this. And be like, wow, okay. Let me, how do I focus on these four things, five things to be able to better my life immediately? Absolutely. Well, that is fantastic. Damien Omar Lee of Noble Filmworks. And where can we find you on social media? Where can we find you on media in general? You can find me like I mean I'm Googleable. <laughs> yes, you, you, you find me. I'm, I got. I mean, I'm out there. Um, you know my my Instagram is the Hollywood actor, um, and then my Facebook is just my name, Damien Omar Lee, and you know I'm pretty like I said I'm easy to find. Um, you have my I have my um. My website, which is www.noblefilmworks.com. And then also, Thruple can be viewed on Tubi. That's where I watched it. Yes, Tubi.tv. You know what I'm saying? Just Google it. It's it's out there. So, so yeah, that's how you can find me. Very cool. Well, thank you. This has been... Hashtag all the tea on hashtag verse TV with 157.